Welcome to Detox with Allison. Oh shit, we're recording. You are the best podcast naming person. <laughs> this is the show where we sit down with comedians and other funny people, make them take their vitamins, and ask them about their life or whatever else we get into. Let's hope Charlie got it right this time. Hey guys, welcome to Detox with Allison. Uh, we have an awesome guest here today. Destiny Lane's in the house. Hey everyone. <laughs> um, I'm super excited to have you here. <laughs> Feeling a little loopy from this IV already though. <laughs> Oh, thank you for having me. I'm yeah. super excited. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Um, we were talking, you really like Whitney Cummings' podcast, and I have asked a few people this, so I guess let's, let me ask you, how well do we know each other? Yes, the golden question. <laughs> um, so Allison and I have a really funny or interesting way of meeting, yeah. um, because we met via email in 2018, um, and I was actually telling Allison that I didn't want to do a business transaction with her. Um, but it wasn't like I was mean about it. Instead, I was like, hey, you seem cool. Can I just tell you what it is? And I just explained to her, hey, what I could do, what I couldn't do, and why. Um, and then we ended up meeting a few months later at Paleo FX. Yeah, 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 basically I was emailing on behalf of one of my clients, she was responding on behalf of one of hers, but we were both just kind of like, this chick behind the business seems cool, and then yeah, we ended up getting to meet when she came to town, and I think I like crashed a party, like an after party, like I crashed one you were at, and then I took you to crash one that I was invited to, <laughs> We just kind of became fast friends, and, like, this is the first time we've lived a really long time in the same city, but we've been friends for, like, three, four years now, and yeah. it's just... Wild. We, we're, like, very close friends, but we are hardly ever in the same town. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Allison has visited me in so many different places, <laughs> and I just respect the hell out of it, because when you get up and you leave your hometown, so many people will say that they're going to come visit you, and they don't, but the second Allison knew that she had a place to crash when she <laughs> left the city she came and she fucking did the thing so um I love it and same you know it was like a few not even a month after we met for our first time I was like hey Allison crazy thing you know I know you said I could sleep on your couch if I'm in town uh well I'm coming to town yeah. <laughs> um and then yeah spent the summer out here and it was amazing. I didn't even know, like, we found out, like, when I moved here, essentially, that the both of us do comedy. Yeah, it was so wild, because, like, when you messaged me to come stay on my couch that summer, um, I had just started comedy. Like, it was maybe a month before that, and then you came to town, and we had never talked about what you did for fun. We just, like, because that was still, we were such new friends at that point. We just knew each other in the context of work, and so it was, like, so funny to just have me just be like, oh yeah, here's this weird thing about me, sorry if I'm out a lot, and then you're like, oh wait, but I also do that, and I was like, what? Yeah. You had, like, been doing it for a few years, so, like, I feel like I don't, we've talked about it, but, like, did you have a specific reason for even starting comedy? Because you started a few years before I did and kind of did it on and off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, great question. And, you know, it brings a smile to my face uh, thinking about it, I'll be honest, because the intentions were very pure. Um, <laughs> I had moved across the country from New York City to Los Angeles. 
Um, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any family out there. Um, I failed out of community college, so I couldn't <laughs> tap into that alumni network. <laughs> and I also was working remotely. So I was just like, okay, how do people, like how do adults make friends, right? right. Um, so I found myself dating this lovely guy and we went to a comedy club. It's called Westside Comedy Theater. Mm -hmm. And I found out that you can intern at comedy clubs. Yep. <laughs> For some reason was like, I should do that. <laughs> and I went from not being able to name a single stand-up comedian to going to 12 open mics a week and <laughs> running the door every Friday <laughs> for free um, <laughs> instead of going out and living my life and I don't regret a minute of it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think like that's such a good reminder that like I, I think a lot of people who are fans of comedy hype up open mics. Like they, they're just like, oh, one day I'll try stand up and I'm, I'm always like saying to them, it's an open mic. Like, it, it, the name means what it is. Like, it's, you can sign up tonight, baby. You know, like, <laughs> like it's, showbiz. it's like, not, you don't need to wait anymore. And so, like, but that's, that's nice because, I mean, you weren't scared of that. You were just like, oh, this is how I could go meet people. And I think that's just really unique. You like funny people. You're like, let me try to do this too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I will say that even though open mics could definitely be a little scary at first, there's just so many good people in the scene. And I feel like I can look back on some beautiful moments. Like I'll never forget, again, being across the country, not knowing anyone, trying to desperately look on LinkedIn to see if anyone I've ever interacted with before has since relocated. Um, and I found myself at this open mic around the corner from my apartment at this like supermarket <laughs> and it still goes on. Um, I believe it might be like Grand Central Market or something. Oh, that's probably downtown. But um, I went to this market and as I got off stage, I could tell this guy looked very familiar. And I walked up to him and I found out it was a good friend from a previous job who has since moved from New York City to Los Angeles. Right. And that's the same friend that road tripped with me when I left Austin mm. to move back to California, right. by the way. So it ended up being a really tight friend. Yeah. yeah. So um, he eventually relocated to Texas, and I was like, perfect, now you're working online? Great, because uh, I need a body. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, there's so much, so much fun in the process. Yeah, and you, I mean, you talked about moving from New York to L.A. Um, there's so many different parts of your story that are so interesting. Thank you. <laughs> since, since I'm your friend, like, I kind of know. Um, I guess maybe let's talk about, like, why did you decide to move to Los Angeles? Like, what was the draw? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, it's never a simple story with me, as you know. Um, so I found myself working in New York City, and I really loved it. I was working in software sales. I didn't necessarily like the company, but I was just like, this is cool. I felt like I was kind of living a dream. Right. Um, and one day, I got this itch, and I was like, I have never taken a mega bus before. <laughs> Um, you usually take mega buses to cities. Right. So I decided to walk around Central Park, quickly purchase a mega bus ticket. Literally, the ticket, the bus left at 4:20. You can't make it up. <laughs> I was like sprinting on my way there. Made it just in time. And I ended up spending like three or four days in Boston. Mm. And by the time I left Boston, it was like the first time in my life that I was just like, I can envision myself 
living somewhere other than New York. Mm. Because to me, I could have never left New York and died happy. Like, I always right. wanted to be there. And I got this itch that reminded me that there's something more. Um, I spent a few months that summer just kind of dicking around, traveling across the country. Nothing glamorous. It was like I was taking buses and trains and getting in cars with new people that I met. <laughs> like, just so inappropriate looking back on it. But <laughs> I'm fine. Nothing happened as well. You know, it was all just a good time. And by the time I landed in Los Angeles, I was just blown away. Like, I had never even thought about life in L.A. Like, right. I could have cared less, yeah. you know? And I got there and had that same feeling that I felt in Boston, except it felt like this was where I was moving, mm -hmm. you know? Like, Boston seemed cool, but I couldn't see myself living there. Right. Um, so I just decided that this would be where I'd at least sublet a place, um, yeah. which turned into finding a formal lease. But actually, I remember something crazy that really, that happened my last day when I was flying out of LA to go home to get rid of my apartment. Um, I actually got a call from a producer at MTV. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So super crazy because I would have, I've always was a writer. Like if you look back on school and stuff, always was writing, but I forgot about this part of myself, I think, as I was trying to find my career. Right. And earlier that year, I wrote a piece that went viral that got me on the news and some podcasts at the time and it just recirculated and MTV had reached out and it just, something hit me and I was like, I'm meant to be here. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to take this opportunity, but I am meant to be here. Did they try to get you on Real World? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot. I think it was like some, some pilot thing they oh wanted to interview gosh. me for. And I just felt like, I felt like no, because yeah. I didn't know anything about the industry. Right. Right. Like it was never, this was never the plan. Right. Um, so I was just like, I need to speak to a manager and I don't even know if I'm qualified to even speak to a manager. Thank you so much for watching the show. Detox with Allison is produced by Big Laugh Comedy. Big Laugh Comedy is changing the world one comedy experience at a time. We've got awesome stuff that we're working on. Lots of live shows all over Texas, including San Antonio, San Marcos, Austin, Fort Worth, and even Dallas. There's also an awesome platform on our website at blcomedy.com where you can check out comedy news, funny articles, hilarious videos, and also this podcast. <laughs> so if you want to go find out all the latest things in the comedy world, go to blcomedy.com. And if you want to be the first to know about new tickets dropping and other fun opportunities, go to blcomedy.com slash VIP dash list and you'll sign up for our free VIP list where you can be the first one to get exclusive updates on all the cool comedy stuff happening in Texas. So I just kind of said no, shied away from it, but just knew that like there was potential here. Right. <laughs> yeah. I need to speak to a manager, but I'm not worthy. <laughs> Seriously. MTV, CBS, and NBC had reached out in like three months. And I was like, what is happening? What was this piece that went viral? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not live anymore because the website went down. Uh, it was on XO Jane, and it was about revenge porn. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so... I didn't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have some dark secrets uh, that we might pull out today. <gasps> That's so funny. So, 
I just find it hilarious that that's the topic of the thing that went viral. And then, like, all these mainstream news articles, like, news outlets are reaching out to you. Yeah. So, I guess I had no idea this would happen, but it was a timely thing because there were laws changing. And there were celebrities getting in trouble for, like, leaking nudes of their Mm. exes. So, they were just like, boom, this person's talking about it. Let's reach out to her. Let's get a take. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I remember that time in, in our adolescence not childhood but yeah wow yeah that's crazy so yeah so I I guess um because we can kind of talk like comedy or work and since they're both related for us like um I definitely want to hear about your (laughs) as you pitched it earlier the scam that uh how being funny at work loses an internship yes (laughs) but gains you your first client (laughs) yes this one is wild um so Yeah, when I was 19 years old, again, I look back on some of these decisions and I'm like, but why did I do that? These were good (laughs) decisions, some of them, but why did I do that? So I was studying fashion design, but for some reason applied for a marketing internship. Right. Um, And I got this marketing internship where I basically was doing free labor (laughs) um, for this guy. Lots of marketing internships do that. (laughs) So I was basically managing accounts for this guy's, like, company. And I'm coming up with the different content. I'm queuing up the different tweets. And I queued up some, like, Chuck Norris jokes that I found online And the founder of the company was like, oh, you know, people are engaging with this. This is funny. Like, keep this up. Like, write some jokes, whatever. Right. So I started writing some jokes. Um, I didn't know what brand guidelines are, but very (laughs) important people. If anyone here is considering working in marketing, uh, know your brand guidelines. And if they don't have them, offer to write them. You will save a life. Honestly, honestly, secure the bag. Write the brand guidelines. (laughs) Seriously. But yeah. So we had a mix of no brand guidelines um, and integrated, like, automated cross-promotion. So if something went live on Twitter, it was going to this person's LinkedIn, the CEO of the company. And I tweeted too raunchy of a Chuck Norris joke, and I wish I still had it. I know I have it somewhere. I know I do. Um, But it was a Chuck Norris joke. Yeah, and it was raunchy. Like, I think it was, like, something about, like, fucking someone on the floor. You know? Like, that's, that's all I can remember. So it was vulgar right um and that's how I lost my internship and (laughs) it was an unpaid internship it wasn't anything glorious it was really convenient because I worked across the street at the mall and then I went to community college around the corner right um but I was really upset um and I was really bummed because I really liked what I was doing um so here's where the scam begins (laughs) so I just felt like okay I found one internship I could find another So I was doing basic SEO writing, just like writing blog articles back when like keyword stuffing was like the thing. Right. And it wasn't rocket science, so I knew I would be able to find someone to do it for. I didn't realize I would be able to get someone to pay. Um, But this guy had realized how important it was for his business. So he ended up paying me two grand a month (laughs) to write like a certain amount of blogs each week for him. Oh my God. So that he would be highly ranked in SEO. (laughs) And I just was like, whoa. It was like a matter of not even like seven days. I like had a call with this guy one day, like behind Nordstrom's between my shift, you know? Oh my gosh. It was like the next day I was like driving somewhere to meet this guy in person, actually taking the train because I didn't have a car yet to meet this person. 
and in like a month or two saved up enough money to buy a shitty car. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. For anyone listening who doesn't know what SEO is, it's search engine optimization. Basically, it's the theory and proven theory that Google ranks certain blog posts and web pages based on certain criteria. And uh, yeah, back in the day, you could basically fill pages with a ton of different keywords that would rank you automatically before Google got a little smarter. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It which, was a time. It was yeah, a time. Yeah. You can hack it a little bit. Um, that's crazy. So then like once you got this guy to pay you to like write blog posts, you were like, okay, there's something here. Like maybe I'm not doing fashion after all. Yeah. And originally I was just like, there's no way that this could last forever. So I only did it for the summer because I felt like the responsible thing to do was to work this Nordstrom job and continue to focus on school. I didn't even think about like overworking myself with work to just save more money. I was just like, no, like let me do what's safe. And I was just like, let me just go to college. Right. (laughs) Um, And the thing is, I was really bad at what I was doing. I switched out of fashion and into graphic design and I was so bad at it. Mm. Just unbearably bad at it. Um, which is also why I failed out. <laughs> so, um, wild looking graphic design is so weird though. Like I think a lot of people who aren't in something related to marketing don't understand that like <laughs> the designers and the strategists are two very different people. And you might think it's all just marketing or even just sales, even though they're different things. Like, and but it's not true like I fail so hard at the design stuff too that's why we have Jalen and (laughs) you know other more artsy people who can like do the other half because it's like sure writing copy or writing in general is kind of creative but it's still a lot of strategy like with the SEO stuff you need to hit certain keywords and like whatever it's creative to an extent but it's not graphic design creative oh yeah to where it's it's just like here's a blank paper good luck like (laughs) I will have to show you some of this stuff I have this one piece I did it was a final piece and for some reason I decided to recreate the not the Boston bombing but the Boston marathon (laughs) finish line in memory of the ones we lost it was so bad like there is oh my gosh there's like this random man in a wheelchair because it's like gotta have representation (laughs) but he does not belong in the frame because I found him on Google Um, it was so embarrassing like and for some reason I still have it in my Google Drive oh my god so (laughs) oh my gosh I want you to send that to me I will post that yeah cringe it's so bad I like really like thought it was so like so deep and and meaningful so bad that's so funny yeah that's also like the the type of weird shit clients ask for sometimes though like even if that one was self-imposed like there's some weird stuff like I remember one of our friends who does social media work was like doing this stuff for a cleaning company for a little bit and the like sample images she would get sent every month would be like happy secretary's day and they're like trying to relate it to cleaning products somehow and I'm just like Oh, no. It's just people try too hard in a lot of different ways. Oh, no. It's like, oof. Yeah. I mean, I feel fortunate because the clients that I've worked with have been great. Yeah. Uh, I've only had a handful of bad experiences, and most of them know and support. Um, Actually, currently, they all know that I do stand-up comedy. 
and they don't care. Right. Um, and that's also why I just don't name their names on my LinkedIn, just in right. case I say something, like, <laughs> accidentally go viral. Right. So, yeah, I was going to say, we need to talk about that. Yeah. Um, this is breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> We're going out of the timeline order. Um, first of all, I saw, okay, I saw this post on your Facebook, and I read it immediately and was like, this bitch is trolling. But then you started texting me that you're going viral for this on LinkedIn. So what did the post say and what prompted it? <laughs> okay, so um, what prompted this? Um, this was innocent. So a client of mine, at most companies, what they do to make sure that they are being mindful about diversity in their hiring is they will dedicate time each week to specifically go out of their way to source diverse candidates. Um, super positive intention. There's nothing weird going on. It's saying, if we say we care about this, we need to intentionally go out of our way to fix these numbers, right? right? Um, so I just saw a little notification that that morning um, we would be doing like a sourcing jam for diverse candidates. And these people are super chill, so it's nothing about them. But something triggered me. And I was just kind of like... Um, and this is what the status was. It said, hey, guys, I can finally come out of the of the woodworks and, you know, admit this. I'm so excited to share with you guys that I have been accepted to deliver a TED Talk. <laughs> and this was like, you know, a play on, you know, thank you for listening to my TED Talk. But yeah. this was like really just a stretch. And it was like the topic of my speech will be please stop calling qualified candidates of color diversity hires thank you and then i said tag an hr manager or like leader near you that you think could benefit Needs from this to know that yeah people on on you know facebook instantly were congratulating me i got personal texts um at this point i had already cross posted it on linkedin just knowing people are going to know i'm trolling my status like my bio it literally says that i'm a technical recruiter yeah. stand up comedian voted most likely to tell you i'm from new york obviously <laughs> something's suspicious about me right um and the topic is very hot right now, so I just thought <laughs> someone would know. Yeah. Um, but then I was flying home <laughs> from San Francisco, and the Wi-Fi wasn't working. I landed and noti noticed that I had 55 notifications on LinkedIn. And then I click it and realize that at that time it was like I had 89 likes and like maybe 10 comments. Right. And then I go downstairs to go get my bag. It's like... A thousand likes, <laughs> seventy-five comments, um, and yeah, we're pushing all 2K. these shares. Yeah, you're pushing people, like ninety k views now. Yeah, people have literally reshared it both on Facebook, congratulating me, <laughs> on LinkedIn, congratulating me. People have seriously tagged people that they know and have I think said, you could use this. Yeah, and have said like, I am so excited. This is such a good topic. <laughs> So now I'm like, Ted, we need to have a talk. I have 2,000 people interested in watching me speak on your stages. Dude, that was what made me laugh the hardest was you were like, well, now it's going viral. Guess I'm going to pitch Ted. Like, Seriously, you got to jump on opportunities where you can. I did not do that expecting to go viral. You don't go viral expecting to go viral. Um, no. And I'm so entertained. I'm like cringe. Like tomorrow or like next week when I like meet up with some of my clients, I'm sure one of them is just going to be like, hey, by the way, congratulations. And 
I don't even know what I'm going to say. Like, I, I think I'm going to just tell them because I'm honest. Um, yeah. And I wasn't saying that to try to um, intentionally, like, lie. Right. And, like, you know, I was trolling. Right. Like, how does, and if you saw the way I wrote it, it's just kind of, it's written like a troll. It look, Yeah, well, that's how I knew it was a troll. But, I mean, I also know you very well. But I'm just like, I can usually tell when she's posting a joke or <laughs> something serious. But what was extra funny to me was I hadn't told you any of of this but that kid that Alex and I met in the Bahamas yes so my boyfriend and I went to the Bahamas for a wedding um a, a few months ago and I just like went TikTok crazy for whatever reason I like shot videos down there and this kid at the cafe that we were going to every day like offered to help me with one of them his name's Jeff um I think it's like Jeffrey Artistride I think is like what he goes by on the internet but um he held with it. He like did a little acting role in one of the, the sketches. And then afterwards it turns out he's a YouTuber and like for the Bahamas, like he's a pretty big one. Like a lot of people know him down there and stuff. Um, and so we stayed connected on Instagram and, uh, he basically last week made a fake DM conversation with the Netflix Instagram account. Yes. And because he had this book that he wanted to try and sell that he had just published. And so he like posted this fake conversation with Netflix DMing him and it went so viral. He was like, Allison, he was like, I got like thousands of views on this stuff. He's like, my book sold out from the, like whatever, however many he'd ordered, like all this stuff. And he was just like, I'm getting like all these random friend requests. And he's like, I hate that. Like I fake clout. And then everyone reaches out. Like he's kind of going at it from like the, why is everyone paying attention now that Netflix is paying attention? But he meant to troll, but he was trying to sell something. And that was so funny to see that happen. And then, like, he used me and Alex's voices to do, like, a fake Netflix conference call with him to, like, continue the ruse a little longer. Um, but, but yeah, it was so funny because, like, that happened and I watched that happen. And then you just did this thing. And I was like, wow, we really just need to name drop something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say that, um, you know, again, didn't do it. Uh, intentionally. Not intentionally. And I also acknowledge that that's not original, right? It works. Um, right. People do this all the time, right. so I don't think that I'm special, and I'm definitely going to come clean, just like he did. You right. Know? He ended up doing um, a confession and, video, but it was funny because he was, like, so devious about it, and you were like, I'm trolling. Yeah. I'm going to get 27 likes on this, and then like, you yeah. just... <laughs> I was thinking, like, someone on LinkedIn is going to be like, this girl's off the rails, never work with her, but, like, <laughs> it's fine. I like to be my Myself so that when I do work with clients, it's okay, and right. I don't have to worry about like hiding this secret life. Well, that's a know? good thing to talk about actually, because like I feel like a lot of comedians find it hard to like like they feel like they need to act a certain way at work or whatever. And obviously, there's like certain professionalism standards, but it's like I mean, I work with these guys here; they don't care if I cuss. Like just things that like wouldn't normally fly with like a big HR department, like if you put yourself forward as who you actually are, then you don't need to actually cover as much, especially if you're doing contract work like you or I do most of the time. 
Yeah, I feel like what happens is um, a lot of people, I can understand why this happens because people don't want to lose their job. Right. They don't want to be a red flag. Right. They want to be under the radar. The second you say that you have a life outside of work and a hobby, people, like, they're like, what? You know, <laughs> so I can totally understand why people do it, especially now that I'm working as a recruiter. Right. Um, I'm starting to understand things that, like, I truly would have never understood. Like, I just recently realized, Allison, that some people literally choose their job for the social aspect of it. And there are some people, when they're hiring, they're like, I don't want someone that's just here to work and go home. And I'm like, whoa, that's so crazy because I'm only here to work and go home. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I'm here. You're like, I don't want to make friends with you people. <laughs> As I say, I'm here to scam the man. And that's not to say that. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say I'm not, I don't enjoy the people that I work with, but it's like out of respect to the people that I like working with, go home and have fun with your family. Right. Like, go do something else. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, first of all, no one deserves to be around me more than 40 hours a week <laughs> off the clock, you know? Um, so I just wanted to share that. And uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I just felt like, especially I feel like I had too many little run-ins, right? Um, so a little bit about my career that I don't know if I told you. So when I moved across the country to LA, again, I was freelancing. And it's weird because I never thought of myself as a freelancer, a business owner, really like the path I wanted to follow was get a four-year degree, get a salary. Like I had no idea how people got desk jobs, let right. alone do whatever it is we do now. Right, I don't um, know. But I was like, if I could just figure out how to get one of these nine of fives, I am set, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I moved across the country. I was freelancing again. I still felt like even though I was paying my bills, it probably wasn't the right thing to do. Go get a normal job. So I got a normal job as a marketer. I did really well. This is how quickly things escalated. This company comes in from China. They have like $100 million to spend. They're like, take our existing apps, rebrand them to target this American audience, and let's go. Right. So we did. And my campaigns were working out so well, and I was using all my connects in New York because, again, these people were literally from China and did not really have their foundations here. I'm right. sure people knew people in New York City and stuff, but they were really relying on me and my network Mm -hmm. um, and we had this like custom-built, man-made, sized unicorn. All this wild stuff. This launch app, real uh, sorry, this app launched really high. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was like three in Canada, like eight in the U.S. in the photo video section. Right. But when I came back from that trip, which they invited me to and paid for, I was like, this is crazy. Because when I left New York, I was like, I'm not coming back until work takes me back. Right. Two months later, you know, <laughs> Go I'm to like smoking weed and my friends. Like, <laughs> illegally in my friend's uh, apartment. And yeah, I came back and I got fired, right? And part of why I got fired was because I wasn't a culture fit. And this wasn't the first time I heard this. Like, at my first tech job, I wasn't a culture fit. At my second tech job, I wasn't a culture fit. I'm at my third job and I'm being told I'm not a culture fit. And it made me realize that I needed to find a better place where the culture could fit. Right. Um, and like the crazy thing that I did at my last job was I was out at lunch with a girl. Uh, we were eating tacos. Uh, I overheard this guy talking about a dating app. We were creating a dating app. Um, he said that we were invited to his launch party down the road. I had no friends, right? right. Um, and, you know, no one in the office really hung out. So, well, these two girls did, but they never invited me to hang out. Right. Uh, so I was like, sure, yeah, um, I would love to go. Mm -hmm. And if anything, you know, like, scam the man. Find out what they're working on. <laughs> right. Right? 
And the girl looked extremely, like, disgusted. She was like, <laughs> oh, like, you know, like, that kind of energy. Um, when I left the office that day, she was just kind of like, are you really gonna go to that party? And for some reason, I was like, yeah, like, I couldn't even lie. I couldn't even be like, no, like, I'm not gonna go <laughs> you don't need to. to that party in on Abbot Kinney, you know? Like, it's just, like, so weird. Like, I don't understand why I don't understand, you know, the game sometimes, but, um, so yeah, I was just kind of like, I need to... I came back and she, when she found out I went, she was just like so done with me. And it had nothing to do with me. It actually had everything to do with the fact that her and the other girl couldn't go out and do things because they had kids. Mm. Meanwhile, we have friends with kids and they do have a life. So that's not <laughs> shade on parents. That's shade on boring parents. That's just, that's coming back to like the people interviewing like four Social. employees that want the social aspect like that sounds like the beginnings of it because this was a few years ago yeah and it's just crazy to me because yeah I mean I you know I've I know some people that work at Google work at Facebook like whatever and it's just crazy that like their office spaces are so clearly set up to like make you want to be there more than just for work like come yeah. do your workout here come have your first beer of the evening before you actually go out here or like whatever and it's just like Ugh. do yeah. you want to be in the same building it's, more it's sickening all props to you if you genuinely like that but it's just such a weird culture to me as someone who doesn't want to leave her house before the afternoon like, yeah, <laughs> like I guess like some people are like you don't bring <clears throat> politics up at work and my thing is you don't expect your work to be your social life yeah you know like that's kind of my boundary yeah. so yeah it got to that point where I was like either I'm gonna keep losing jobs or quitting jobs or I need to figure out a way where I can succeed being myself because right. no matter what situation I'm going to be in and this is kind of how it's been my whole life not to toot my own horn here but I just stand out. I am a little obnoxious. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say what it is, you know. Um, and, yeah, it's like I don't try. I attract attention. My name is Destiny, you know. Like, Dude, <laughs> the fact, what's the name that Nicole, you give Nicole. your name as Nicole on food orders. Yeah, so my name <laughs> So is, people stop asking questions. Yeah, so my name is Destiny Nicole Lalane, And, you know, I can only stomach so many <laughs> shitty jokes about my name is it my real name is it my stripper name like you know why did your parents name you that I'm like I don't know my mom had two kids before she was 18 I don't even think she knows why she named me that you know I'm like I don't know because my parents couldn't have an abortion um, you know uh, so it was destiny yeah so I don't know um, so it's just yeah so I found that that's the route I needed to go and I feel very fortunate I have had clients say things like hey you know, we would love to be your side hustle until Netflix discovers you. Ugh. I'm like, keep that energy up. Keep that up. I'll mention you in my thank you speech. Seriously. <laughs> like, seriously, because if it weren't for me getting into now what I do, I, like, I was starting to get burnt out from marketing. I didn't like yeah. it anymore. I felt like it was taking too much of my creative energy. Um, and yeah, recruiting allowed me to pay off my debt, fix yeah. my teeth, <laughs> fix my um, teeth. and kind of just fly under the radar. I mean, sometimes candidates will look me up and they'll like, want to talk about my comedy career. I'm like, uh, did you research this company? Do you even know where did you're Did you research me more than the company? Seriously. <laughs> like they come in with like 99 questions about me, none about the job. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? But hey, also, again, it does make me good at that, you know? Because yeah. you have to stand out and you have to be able to tell a story and sell people. Right. Um, so 
hey, comedians, new career for you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask too is like, because you're potentially going to be teaching people how to do recruiting soon. But like when we met, you were doing marketing stuff and you kind of made the pivot two years ago, I would say now. Yep. Um, what made you initially want to switch careers and like how did you kind of like shift that because I knew you already had a really big network already yeah like in the business space so I don't think the connections were a problem <laughs> yeah so that year I got burned like when I look back on that year I'm like wow I lost five grand on a project um which I like to say was my business school and what happened was I did a project so shout out to anyone freelancing. Please listen up and take notes. Yeah. Um, do not invoice people through PayPal if you are a service provider. Ooh. Uh, there is a loophole in which if you deliver a product or a project and someone reports to their credit card company that either this was a fraud or wasn't delivered to completion, you are not covered by PayPal's seller services. So that happened to me at a point where, like, I couldn't stomach losing five grand. Right. But I did, and I had to just suck it up. Right. And that was the first time that I had been burned as a freelancer or in the marketing space, and it just kind of felt just, ugh. And I just felt like, wow, like, here I was, like, working with this person. It's not like I was doing it for free, but helping this person create more income in their business so that they don't have to be a doctor all day. Right. And this doctor you know, just scammed me to Amex, you know, and that felt really just personal. Right. Um, and I just started to feel like after that happened and after another client of mine, I led them, I, I didn't lead them to acquisition, but I worked with them to acquisition. Um, I just kind of felt like I was over this and that maybe I don't want to do affiliate marketing anymore. Maybe I want to get back into software. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe I would get a marketing job at a software company but I want it to be very specific and stay in the health and wellness space because that's right. what we were doing and it seemed like an easier transition. Um, but <laughs> as the story goes... It always changes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got on Bumble. <laughs> and, oh, no. Yeah, and Bumble has a Bumble biz section where yeah. there are actually people looking to hire. Mm -hmm. um, and I met the co-founder of this company who was like, I know you want to do marketing, but my company isn't hiring for marketing, but we actually need help hiring. And I think that you would be good at it. And I look back on that and I'm like, wow. That's like, so crazy. He was so right. Yeah. You know? <sighs> um, so that was when I got my first recruiting client. I did contract recruiting for this company um, and was able to learn everything that I know on the ground. Right. And that, again, was by putting myself out there and also just being honest. Um, I think that that's something people struggle with in their career, especially when they're wanting to make a career change. Not yeah. being honest is very suspicious, and it is very obvious to the person on the other side. You right. Know? MSW Nutrition is a supplement line that helps all areas of your body, starting with the liver. Once the liver is detoxed, it helps everything else fall into place. On the MSW Nutrition website, howdoyouhealth.com, you can find all sorts of supplements to help with energy, mood, gut, sleep, digestion, you name it, there's a supplement for it on howdoyouhealth.com. 
And if you check out the website, you can use the code DETOX, D-E-T-A-L-K-S, at checkout to save 15%. All supplements in this line are the most bioavailable version possible, meaning everyone will have an easy time absorbing it, and all supplements are produced in FDA-approved labs. So check it out at howdoyouhealth.com, use the code DETOX to save 15%, and if you want to check out the drinks that everyone talks about so much on the show, that's the Boost product. Again, howdoyouhealth.com, code DETOX. Yeah, so it's a little bit about how I transitioned into recruiting, and I also will say that what was really cool about this is this client was super amazing, super flexible. I would tell them that I would be in town to do stand-up comedy, and then they would tell me that if I was willing to show up to the office even once, Mm -hmm. they would pay for my trip. Right. Now, so you're like, okay. Yeah, sold. And, you know, if you're new to freelancing, you could technically write some of this stuff off if you're traveling for business and if you're trying to make it as a comedian, that would be a justifiable expense. You're going somewhere to do comedy. Right. However, they were like, no, we'll pay for the hotel on our dime. Like, don't even worry about invoicing to get the money back. And, right. like, you know, when you're first really getting it started, um, that's amazing. Right. So I want to encourage people to be a little, like, a little more open-minded when you're thinking about your career because I think it's great to have a stable career while you're trying to make it and try to do all this stuff. It sucks having to worry about money. Um, But you don't have to have a career that is soul-crushing and something like this because I was just honest about what was going on, even that. They knew I did comedy. I literally told them I was coming to town to do comedy. Right. And then they flew me up, paid for all of my shit. Right. (laughs) Just because I was honest with them. Um, And, you know, it it really worked out, and I'm grateful for that. And... I was texting you earlier, and I was like, wow, Allison doesn't know the real first First hustle. scam. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into that, I wanted to say, like, it's, this relates to a conversation I was having on another podcast earlier, where it's just like, meet as many people as you can, too. Like, I know there's kind of, like, a stigma against playing the game for certain people, but it's like, it's not even playing the game. It's just like... Putting your, like you said, putting yourself out there, going to probably networking events, which might feel a little inauthentic, but it's like, at the end of the day, like, if you want to have a good career doing something you like, it helps to know other people doing similar things. Everyone's actually super helpful most of the time. And then if you do land a good client, like, they're going to take care of you. And it's, it is possible to have those scenarios. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I agree. To piggyback off of that. I also want to challenge people to say that if you're doing something, whether it's comedy, art, singing, whatever it is, and you find that you really don't like the people, ask yourself if you really like what you're doing. Because to me, as soon as I didn't like what I was doing, I started to hate the people. Mm. (laughs) And that's also what encouraged me to leave marketing. Mm. Um, And, you know, with software sales and technology and that stuff that is now paying my bills, I am still interested in it. So was I playing the game or was I just interested? You know, yes, I was intentionally looking to get a job, but I was also just interested in learning what else was out there. Right. And if it weren't for that, I definitely wouldn't be here. But I'm always just talking to people in the different industries I work in because I'm I'm curious. I like what I do and I want to meet other people doing it. And that's not to say you're not going to, like, have a few people that annoy you. Right. But, like, there's this really crazy thing called don't try hanging out with them. (laughs) 
You know? You just don't, yeah, don't be around them. That's it. You know? <laughs> That's the secret. Yeah, like, you know, bird scooters. <laughs> I fucking, not to go get all political here, <laughs> but bird scooters. I hate bird scooters. I've never been on a scooter before. I have so many opinions on this, you know? <laughs> so when bird scooters reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be a technical recruiter there, I didn't even get on a phone call. Why would I do that? I hate bird scooters. Yeah. I want to be around the people in charge of this fucking operation <laughs> you know so crazy idea i just said no fuck off right <laughs> it's like you don't need to chase every opportunity yeah like, and that's yeah. similar even in la like the scenes are so different and it's like some people might not like going to one club that's fine perfect because a lot of people like going to that club right and there's other clubs for you right you know um so it's like just focus on that there's so much opportunity right focus on the opportunity <laughs> yeah. which is what a good scammer does yeah so i want to hear about your first <laughs> my first scam yeah. your first side hustle yeah i i look back on it and i'm like wow like the things i've been paid to do and not in a gross way <laughs> okay you know there's a lot of clowns watching this but the things you can get people to pay you to do are just it's wild uh so my first side hustle ever under the table the government did not know this um but the first side hustle i ever had me and my good friend from back home we would go to the ice cream shop down the road for me <laughs> and we would take plastic bags and we would take candles and we would count out a certain amount of candles put them in the bags twist them up with twisties and we would get paid i think per bag <laughs> um, because this this ice cream place would sell ice cream cakes and then they would give away candles um, but they needed someone to count them out and roll them up and I was like well actually my uncle was a drug dealer I think I have <laughs> I think I could roll up I could count some candles what? I could push some weight <laughs> you know <laughs> So you literally would steal candles and resell them? Or so you... we didn't steal them. We didn't steal okay. them. We were supplied with the supplies. Um, and we just sat there and under the table, we're just rolling up these candles. Wow, looking back on it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> too, too close to home. So they would just pay you to hand out the candles to people. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's how I got around. That's how I was able to get wrecked in high school. <laughs> like, Party Girl Destiny was fueled by hardworking middle school destiny. Yeah, like 5,000 candles. <gasps> oh, my God. time. At times. She's always been an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, I look back on it, it's just silly. It is so silly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of something that's, for some people, either naturally there or not. But if you don't have that there, you can definitely learn. Right. But it's just like all these other things. That's why marketing is hard. Graphic design is hard. Recording a podcast, cutting this up is difficult. Right. You know, it all takes work. But if you're interested in doing it, you will take the time. Right you learn <laughs> that's true and it you know it comes to something that I've seen you talk about a lot lately where it's like um I know this this podcast has turned a little bit businessy but I think this relates to to comedy too where it's like if you aren't taking the time to invest in your skills and like improve your skills you know if it's computer related take that coding class if it's comedy related set aside the time to write more jokes like Whatever it is, if you're not taking the time to improve your skill set, why should you expect someone to hire you? So it's it's both, right? Like, yes, it's good to have connections and stuff, but you also need to be, like, working on your stuff. Yeah, and not everything needs to be this big thing, this massive thing, 
for example, a lot of people in the industry, they side hustle doing voiceover work. Right. Some people find that by going to this person's $50 class, they're able to be funneled into work. Right. Okay, cool. It sounds like that $50 is worth spending worth it. on yeah. one weekend doing a voiceover class. And also, it's again, like, what are you interested in? Because some people just want to do stand-up. Uh, some people want to do podcasting as well. Um, I think that having a few extra skills in your toolbox is always in your own benefit. Oh, yeah. Especially because what if your interests change? Also, it's like I realize, you know, stand-up is like the most fun performance drug ever. Like, I understand if stand-up is your favorite thing. Like, oh, yes. I, I get it. It's definitely one of my favorite things. But it's like, it's... It's short-sighted to say that that's going to be the only thing you're interested in. Like, you can be obsessed with it for your whole life, but you're going to have other hobbies and other interests. And you may as well, like, allow yourself the ability to get good at them, especially if some of them could serve you professionally, and especially if they can serve you professionally before you make money at stand-up. Because it's like, why would you want to hate your day job if you could like it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think you have to hate your day job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even most recently, you know, I've, I've put out hundreds of videos on the internet, right? And that took a lot of guts. Yeah. They were so bad to begin with, so horrible. But because I put out hundreds, if not thousands of videos at this point, I'm able to attract opportunity that aligns with what I want to do. You know, um, I love recruiting. I'm not going to do it forever. Right. Uh, but I really do love it, and I love all the opportunities it's brought to me. However, you know, I might want to do more camera work. Well, right. um, definitely doing a 1,000 videos helped. Um, right. But also now, you know, I told you, I'm interviewing with this company that might want me to be the face of their brand. Right. Because it turns out their marketing department wants to be on TikTok, but no one ha is... No uh, one wants to be their TikTok face. Yeah, like everyone's a little scared to be on camera because it is hard. And right. if you want those kinds of opportunities, why not get ahead now? Um, so yeah, it's really cool to know that like next week I could potentially just start being like the face of this TikTok. And that definitely will inspire me to make more TikToks. Like right. I definitely was ticking and talking and then I was sleeping. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you were like going ham for a while and then it just kind of snoozed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's work. It is. It work. is. Video stuff is a lot. And that's why we again shout out to Jalen <laughs> and the people who are good at that. Um but yeah, I that's so cool. And again like I don't know how many times it needs to be said, like, opportunity, like, spawns opportunity, you know, because you put yourself out there once, it was probably easier to do it again, even if you're switching industries or goals or whatever it is, and um, this was kind of, again, related to the conversation I had earlier, where it's like, if you want to do something, you may as well try it, you know, the worst that's going to happen is you're bad at it, and you decide it's not worth your time to get better, you know, like, you just go back to where you currently are. And also, right? it's like you're it's okay to be bad at something it's right. not like everyone wakes up and is this amazing comedian like I look back on my comedy first of all I can't believe that I went from like not knowing anything about stand-up comedy except like I had a crush on the stand-up comedian who I couldn't even remember his name Pete Davidson okay? oh my god Pete that's a whole can of worms okay <laughs> not to even go there but seriously why do all the hot women like Pete Davidson you know women love a man with a little bit of success and Crohn's disease apparently um we just we love the look um it's they like look he's rich but he still needs me yeah, seriously <laughs> 
Um, like, I remember being in that comedy club that I told you I interned at, and people would be like, who's your favorite stand-up? And I'd be, like, looking at the wall to see if I could even find his face to be, like, that guy so that someone could jog my memory right. to remember who Pete Davidson was. And I'd, like, fall asleep watching his specials, like, back in the day. Um, you know, it's just, it's just outrageous. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I look back on those recordings because I've had an iPhone for so long, so I've been recording them on my iPhone. Right. They are bad, and, you know, <laughs> it's like, for someone who totally likes to shit and be like, is this a stand-up comedy show or a storytelling show? Right. <laughs> Dude, talk mad shit. I was, I was exclusively telling stories on stage, and there were no setups, no punchlines. I didn't know anything about joke structure, like, none of this. It was so bad, but I had so much fun doing it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, allow yourself to be bad at something. I, like, met a comedian who, I like him. He's super nice, but he fucking said to me that he got a day job because he needed something to pay the bills before stand-up comedy started paying the bills and I'm like oh no 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 who's gonna tell him <laughs> who is going to tell him <laughs> um you know and you, might, you better want to you, you might want to like that day job son <laughs> like, seriously yeah and I don't know I think it's it's also just interesting because times are changing and it's okay to go in whatever direction you want but some people are like I want to go to the traditional route I want to be discovered by someone I want Netflix to produce my stuff right and then there are other people who are like you know what I'd rather like just bet on myself and Make do this my myself own. and do my best to get exposure until Netflix comes and finds me, and that's fine, right. you know? Um, it's like you gotta gotta make the opportunities for yourself, especially in a time where, yeah, people are glued to their phone. They yeah. need to be entertained. and you have one of the best cameras to ever exist in your phone that you're already glued to. Like, yeah. <laughs> just be creative, you yeah. know? <laughs> I totally feel so guilty. I, like, am so the person who was like, I'm gonna start a YouTube channel, I'm gonna start a podcast, and would constantly buy, like, upgrade her gear, upgrade her gear, never uses it. And in reality, I use my phone more for everything. Right. So I just want to encourage anyone watching that is like, oh, I don't have this or I don't have that. Just figure out even what direction you're going on because you might find out that maybe you need a different lens yeah. or maybe the amount of time that you want to record for, you need a certain camera because there are certain cameras where they will die out at 10 minutes because they're not meant for that. Um, they will cut off every 20 minutes for whatever weird reason and I don't know because, again, I suck at this video stuff. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you just want to make sure that you're at least committed to what you're doing, you're not wasting your money, and at least you can become informed on what you need. Right. Because uh, that helps. Then, you know, it'd suck. You're like, oh, wow, I spent a hundred dollars or a few hundred dollars on this thing. I can't even use it. It's the wrong thing. Right. Now I don't feel inspired. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like constantly, I've just always been so turned off by like video tech and even photo tech. I have one good camera that I used to use for like when I was a recipe blogger back in the day. Oh my but gosh, like the days. The days. Um, but <laughs> now I'm just like, my phone even takes better pictures than I could ever figure out how to do on this freaking DSLR thing. Like, I, I just use my phone explicitly. Like, it's more than enough for oh, yeah. a simple, like, you know, if I'm shooting video right now, it's not necessarily, like, it's some funny stuff. But I do a lot of, like, blogs and stuff for these guys, too, that require video or... 
um, you know, IGTV goofy things, which is all on the phone. So it's like, if, if you think only a phone isn't enough, like it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I know that even on TikTok, some people use like their fancy camera and great for them, but like super unnecessary. Just do it with your phone. It's right. so amazing to me that you could actually create a career for yourself and only need a phone. Yeah. You know, as someone who flexed and got a big MacBook Pro for the first time in her life, you know, I was always working on a shitty, dingy computer. I'm like, this is amazing and I love it, but this is heavy. You know, like, <laughs> seriously, like, it is heavy. And I just, like, dream of this world where, like, I can create a business in which I can just leave and maybe only have my iPad with me. Right. And then ideally graduate from even needing the iPad to really being able to run it on my phone. But that's definitely when I'm going to have people helping me out. She's like, um, that's when I'm TikTok famous. <laughs> yeah, that's next week. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, viral everywhere else this week <laughs> seriously because it's definitely not low-key to just bring that computer places it is so heavy i'm then i'm like oh my gosh which comedian's gonna rob me today <laughs> i'm like hey shady comedian that i think wants to fuck can you watch this bag for me thanks <laughs> that's how you get them not to steal your stuff though yeah, you're like maybe you stand a chance don't steal my handbag <laughs> Deuce. <laughs> <laughs> this bag is worth more than the tent on the corner. <laughs> Seriously, leaves before their set begins. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Sorry, I've got a spot yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Sorry, I gotta go. <sighs> Client meeting. <laughs> I need to go back to my heated apartment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it turns 52 degrees for one day. Dies. <laughs> like sweater dress. Seriously. <laughs> Detox with Allison is also sponsored by MSW Vitamin Lounge here in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. You can see we're in the How Do You Health studio. Uh, they let us use the space as well as give us our IVs. They quite literally hook us up with vitamin IVs for every show. This is a full service vitamin IV and injection studio. You can also get chiropractic services, blood work consultations, PRP facials, and a whole lot more. We're very grateful to be doing the show here. You can check out MSW Lounge at MSW Lounge on Instagram or on HowDoYouHealth.com. I literally fell asleep with my heat on 75 yesterday, and then I'm like, why can't I sleep? Am I going through menopause? <laughs> Dude, I put, the, I put the temperature. We have a fancy Nest thermostat at the house, and I put it like it's got like an option to have a cooling and heating range, so it's like it'll heat up to 72 or cool down to 75. So it keeps you right in between those. And uh, Anupi straight up the other day was like, mm, I'm too cold. And so <laughs> I was like, damn, what are we gonna heat this up to? But I've been, I've been living it up with the heater light. <laughs> Yeah, I have a Nest. I don't know how it works. I never connected it to my phone. I don't understand why I didn't do that, but sometimes I've really screwed myself and I'll come home and it's like 90 degrees and I was gone for seven days. My plants have died. <laughs> Nest, yeah, I was like, dang, how did we make it complicated to turn the air up or down? Yeah, it's and really... Also, I don't even want to sound pretentious. Like, the truth is, I didn't grow up with this shit, so, like, literally, like, I did not know how to use a dishwasher until last year you yeah. know it's not even a calendar year ago <laughs> I was still screwing up with my dishwasher right. and I would put the wrong soap in it would overflow it wouldn't wash the dishes 
<laughs> First of all, I'm so gross. I didn't even know like you were supposed to rinse them off before you put them in there. So like my shit would be crusted. You're like it's a dishwasher. <laughs> it washes the dishes. Why do I need to start it? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was scary. I, I was like starting to become afraid to leave the house if the dishwasher was running because I just wasn't <laughs> sure what I would come home to. Um, yeah. So I don't want to sound bougie. It's the opposite. I feel like you and appliances fight a lot. Like <laughs> your car doesn't want to take gas half the time. Like, I don't. It's like, it really, like, I was telling Allison, it sounds like privileged girl problems because I got a new car, Flex, right? Because, first of all, didn't even think to be economical and get a used car because I'm dumb. Um, And, yeah, I couldn't fill up my gas tank. Like, it was not accepting gas. And it's like, if I told that to someone, they'd be like, diva. I'm like, no, I didn't grow up with parents. You know, like, they don't teach you that. I, like, paid someone to teach me on a drive, but, like, they never took me to the gas station. And also, you were like, it was full service in the city wasn't it yeah Yeah. you can get full service for a little for the people who don't know you just pay a few cents extra per gallon and and you just have a dude pump it for you which is what full service is so it's like yeah yeah, I mean dang talk about growing up poor um (laughs) I didn't know what full service was (laughs) you are beneath me no Allison was my boyfriend and just came and helped me figure it out and it happened again and I was like why am I like this Dude, yeah, that's wild, but I do, like, it was funny visiting you in L.A. sometimes, because that was, I think, the first time you attempted with the dishwasher, and then you are like, nah, I'm just going to use this to dry the dishes. <laughs> I just don't. But when you live by yourself, it doesn't really matter, you know, like, you oh, just yeah. kind of don't need that many. Yeah, it, it can get a little wild for me, just because, um, I mean, I used to be a recipe blogger, too, yeah. so the kitchen would get insane, so I definitely, I still didn't know how to use the dishwasher, but at the time, my boyfriend did, Yeah. so he <laughs> He would always just like I would be like oh I loaded the dishes loaded and then he would fix dishes. it and then make it run um but yeah there's definitely a time and a place but I could survive with that one yeah yeah, yeah. I mean we just kind of we don't even use ours now which is so weird like I've been out trained to like not use the dishwasher anymore I look at it like what is this thing in my kitchen <laughs> yeah some people would be like did you know that the dishwasher is actually the more eco-friendly solution? And I'm like, honestly, I'm never going to win. Let me wash my dishes. I'm never going to win. <laughs> this is all that I have. You know? <laughs> this is my upper body workout. <laughs> like, seriously, this is like my meditation. I already ate vegan. Let me waste the water. <laughs> seriously. Let me, yeah, let me live. That's one of my, so, okay, let's gear it back towards comedy just a little bit. That's one of my favorite things about when we joke, like, everything is absurd to you. Like, your joking style is basically how you talk. And so, like, if someone's ever seen you do comedy, they don't realize that's, like, having a conversation with you most of the time. (laughs) Because, like, I just don't even know how you draw these conclusions sometimes. Like, you just, like, make things sound so ridiculous. (laughs) Like, do you... I feel like you have a joke writing process that you haven't told me about. Because I know some pieces of it, but, like, do you have an actual process... Yeah, I mean, for me, what I do is I just go out and I try to put myself in different situations and I try not to get too comfortable in my routines. And by doing that, I can't stop but see and hear dumb shit. There's just always some dumb shit happening. And then I just whip out my phone and I write it down and I'm like, the next time I'm on stage, this is what I have to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I also know that growing up, when I would tell people stories, they would be like, you're making that shit up. 
And I wasn't, and I don't know if they thought I was lying because of the way I would tell the story. Like if you were being so over the top somehow. Yeah, like. yeah. Or if it was just because of what was happening in the story. I also know that sometimes people don't know if I'm joking around when I'm like being sarcastic as hell. Right. Um, which is also how I accidentally went viral. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've dated guys who are like, I can't tell, like, are you upset? And I'm like, can you, do you not... Like, can we talk about where we've been for the last 30 minutes? Because we've been shitposting, but in real life right. to each other. Um, so I think it might be um, a little bit of that, that that helps. But yeah, so it's a little bit of that. And then I did finally buy a book to learn about joke structure. So now I like to look at these things and say, okay, I know this, this concept is funny, but is there a setup? Is there a punchline? Or is this just a funny thing that happened to me? Right. And will other people be able to, like, understand the right. funny? Right. <laughs> and that's not to say, like, a funny thing that happened to you can't be turned into a joke. You just need to know how to present it correctly. And oftentimes, like, I know my big, like, I didn't know shit about fuck when it came to writing jokes when I did my first open mic. And I literally just talked myself into doing it by saying it's probably going to suck, but like go up there and tell a funny story, which is what everyone thinks is what comedy is. Right. And then you get up there and you realize you're a terrible storyteller and it's all falling apart and you hate yourself and it's a minute and a half in and you're like, fuck. Um, but it's like, it, it still like is a good icebreaker because at least it, it makes you think about, well, why did I think that was funny? Cause if just like the telling of the story isn't actually funny, but the situation was, it's like, how can I tell the story in a way that recreates the absurdity of the situation? Yeah. And I know that some people do exaggerate to the point where they're lying in their jokes and yeah. that's good on them. But I feel like when you put yourself in enough crazy situations, you're going to have just a bizarre life. Right. And then you'll just get on stage and talk about it. So my notes and my phone are messy as hell. <laughs> but what I usually do is I'll at least type the word joke. Right. And then I'll just write down whatever I'm seeing or hearing. And the next time I'm going to a mic, I'll just type joke. I'll find all the notes and then I will compile it. And eventually when I'm like, okay, this is working, that's when I type it up and put it somewhere. Um, but I have to say with, with getting started in comedy, um, it's crazy to me that people even get off the stage in their early years and say like, even say that they're upset because they, they bombed. Like I couldn't even, I don't even know when I realized that I was even still bad or that I was getting better. Like I never got off stage thinking like nailed it. I was always right. like, I would get off stage and be like, I can't believe that I keep doing this, <laughs> but I can't stop. Where's the next mic? Right. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I still feel that way. Like I love going out. I love running into people, whether it's, I met them here and now I'm back or I met them in LA now they moved here. It's so cool to see people that are still doing it. Yeah. Um, that are getting better, that are getting booked, you right. know? Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy for the success people are finding. But yeah, I mean, getting started even thinking that, oh my God. I don't even remember when I was actually like, now I should probably consider getting books. Like, I, I didn't even care about getting Yeah, I booked. don't understand having a big head when you're new. Like even like, because I've seen some people who are genuinely new and genuinely good and it's like, and they don't have a big head. So it's like, also, that's kind of how you earn more respect, right? Is like, don't have a big head when you start. But like, it's just crazy to me because I wasn't like that either. I was like, this is awful. I'm so bad at this. Like, even if people would say good set, I'd be like, you're lying. You know, it's just like, this isn't, mm -mm. Like, <laughs> gotta I, keep working. Yeah, I remember Josh, this guy, Josh reached out to me on Instagram 
and he saw, um, he just saw something that I wrote online or something. And he asked me if I would do his Tinder storytelling show. And I was like, I can't believe it. Like I got booked. I got booked. I didn't even reach out. They found me like, right. oh my goodness, this is so crazy, you know? And that meant so much to me. I still have that flyer. It's in my apartment. And I made sure to reach out to that guy last year. I knew that he had kind of a rough go. Um, a comedian that he lived with killed himself. It was just, it was just mm. really bad. Um, and I made sure to reach out to him. And the first thing that I did actually was I sent him a voice memo. And I was telling him that, that I was very thankful for that. It's a moment I'll always remember to the point where I've moved all of these different times. And this you is a piece of paper it. that I still have. And he actually uh, wrote back and he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is you. When I got the voice memo, I just assumed it was spam and that you got hacked. And he didn't think I remembered him. And I was like, no, I remember exactly who you are. Oh. I remember the place. We actually walked by it together when we stayed in Silver Lake. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I pointed it out. And I was like, this is the place I did that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's cool the, the connections that you make. And... Um... I think, like, a lot of people, it sounds so silly, because, like, to him, he was probably like, oh, this is just, like, a local show that I'm booking, whatever, like, we'll give this girl a chance, like, she was funny this time, like, a, whatever, and, like, and then, you know, five years down the line, or however long it was, it's like, you guys both are, like, you clearly hold a spot in his memory for the thing that you did online, and, like, he holds a spot in your memory for, like, giving you one of your first comedy opportunities, and... Yeah, I think, like, it is a more close-knit community than even we want to admit sometimes. It's like, we are sentimental at the end of the day, and we do care a lot about this, and anyone who, like, gives us an opportunity of any kind really just... We, we, we're thankful for that, you know? Yeah, it's like, I went to the Gateway show in Hollywood at the Improv. Mike Glazer hosts that. Mm -hmm. And I went there because a photographer friend of mine was shooting the show. So I was like, oh, like, let me come and, like, finally meet you in person. <laughs> um, so I went, and through that, I was like, oh, this guy, Mike Glazer, has something interesting going on. This is pretty cool. Uh, kind of just stayed on his radar and what he was up to. And even last weekend, I was just at a festival, and it was so wild. I was looking at the lineup, and I saw his name, and I was like, I can't believe we're getting to a point where comedy is getting so much respect right. that... At this show, they had um, what they called grasslands, and that's where you were allowed to technically smoke your weed and buy it. Right. And I will say, that was the cheapest weed I ever bought in California, and I have some conversations to have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was like, wow, I can't believe he's here, and there's a stage, and people are coming, they're doing their thing, and I couldn't help but be happy for him because I was like, well, I just spent a lot of money to be here, you know? Right. Um, but it's so crazy to know that, like, I joke around with my friends, and I say, hey, one day when we go to these festivals I'm gonna be like hey guys see you after my set right I um, mean I don't think I'm anywhere near close to that but when you see someone that you know, that you know. literally doing that you're like oh my gosh it's a thing it's and possible I'm, yeah and I'm so happy for him like right. you know it's yeah like, and that's the other thing too I, and I appreciate like being friends with you because we're we look at it similarly where it's like hey if I see you out there grinding like whatever that looks like for you and then you start having success it's like go you for real like no sarcasm like we just want to see people who are working hard reap the rewards, you know, and it's comedy is really cool in that way because it, it you're not very far separated from really anyone who's making it. And it's cool to, like, see how it's interwoven and stuff. Yeah. And, and it, it, as much as, like, you might not have a clear path to, like, what a career in comedy looks like, 
no one ever did, but because it's such a small group of people, it feels like that's okay for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> you can see people being successful at it and it gives you hope. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, don't get too busy being catty that you forget to be funny. Because right. I think, seriously, at the <laughs> end of the day. Of the day. <laughs> seriously, because at the end of the day, I thought we came here to do our hee-hee-ha-ha. <laughs> You know, like I seriously, like yeah. I am not the kind of person who will sit down and like want to talk shit about people. Right. Of course, if something happens in my day to day and it triggered me, I'm going to send you a voice memo and fucking make you sit through some new bits that I just ripped up. <laughs> uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like go out, tell your hee hee ha ha's. We're living in a crazy time, you know, right. we're living in such a crazy time where there's so much opportunity. There's never been more opportunity, especially here in Austin. It's so crazy to see the different cultures like in Austin, how supportive the businesses are versus, you yeah. know, I was listening to that uh, jewel thing that I was telling you about. Right. Um, and she was talking about, again, even down in San Diego, they make you rent the rooms. Because That's they crazy. know that you could potentially profit off of this room by being discovered. Ugh. Or they're just like, sell tickets at the door. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's fine. I'm a business person. I totally get it. But um, it's just like, in Austin, it's just a different culture also. The people Venues love, will pay you to have a show there. Seriously. Like, and the people. Like, people actually like watching live entertainment. Yeah, they're not burned out. Yeah. They're they're excited for it. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Like I would have I had no idea that that was like a southern a southern thing. Southern thing. Yeah. yeah, it's I think we're very lucky and I think it's probably interesting for both of us too cuz like you knew more LA people than I did, but I knew quite a few of them just because I would go visit you all the time and it's like so wild to see the scenes kind of combine to a certain extent here, you know, a big yeah. portion of the LA one at least. I will say that after being through the pandemic, I don't even know if we're through it and what even, I don't even know what day it is truly, but I have to say, you know, it goes back to that. It takes a lot of courage to leave your hometown. It takes a lot of courage to move across the country. It takes even more courage to try to make it in this industry. And there's just something so just like, soft and just warm that like just like fills me up inside when I'm like oh my gosh wow like it's you you know and it's like for example Erickson who I yeah, met yeah, because yeah. you did his show right in at a fourth wall that was the closing. North Hollywood fourth wall by <laughs> the 7-Eleven seriously and I went because I was like yeah I'm gonna show up my friend's in town she's doing this show like he, he didn't even realize I was a comedian he's like why are you here when he found out I was a comedian I'm like for the show you're like I'm supporting bro yeah <sighs> and you know I would eventually run into him again in LA and then I ran into him at a mic here and yeah you know it's lovely you know after not seeing so many people for so long being able to just go up and do my hee hee ha ha's hee -hee and then be like oh my gosh how are you yeah like actually socialize <laughs> yeah. and have friends again that's crazy did he move here not, um, to, he, not to talk shit on the podcast. Yeah, not to expose his location. <sighs> but he's toured between three cities. Austin's number three. Mm. Uh, he's on his way to Denver. I'll save the middle one for his Instagram stories if anyone wants to follow <laughs> His name is Erickson. Yeah. Um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I just... There's so many reasons why one, you're one of my good friends. <laughs> like, I think we just kind of view a lot of this stuff very similarly. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that you have such a good and positive outlook on this shit. It's so crazy, like, being in these industries. Like, our really good friend's a DJ. 
And yeah. it's such a weird world where it's like nights and weekends are like off limits for us to hang out. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon because neither one of us has a real job. It's <laughs> just. I know everyone's out, like I mean what do we do for work to be completely honest we um, scam the man we scam the man that's all we ethically scam the man yeah you know what that's real feminism that's ethical capitalism <laughs> ethical capitalism um, uh, I do usually ask people uh, what are you excited for and it can be anything that we did or didn't talk about stuff coming up whatever oh my gosh that's a good question i am just excited to see where i will be in march yeah it's my 30th birthday oh my gosh hollywood exposed cut it out <sighs> um but yeah my 30th birthday is march 31st venmo me <laughs> um and i just i don't even know where i will be i don't know if i'm gonna stay in austin and get another apartment out here I don't know if I will make it to uh, Hawaii, which is where I said I would love to celebrate my birthday. Will I move back to LA? Uh, so I'm just really excited to see where I will be in a quarter from now, yeah. I guess, which is so like businessy. <laughs> but that's the truth. I feel like life changes so quickly that I really do play the game a quarter at a time. You do, <laughs> yeah. and it's pretty admirable. I love the. I love that you jump around and live where you want to uh when you want to it's pretty cool thank you and what yeah. about you i'm curious what, what am i excited for? about um i'm excited i'm excited to just uh well for my new year's trip with baldo we booked that i think i've mentioned it on the podcast before but um baldo one of the co-owners at msw he and i go on a new year's trip every year and we just booked flights to columbia for is this your first year. time where you've been oh no i went the last three years with him yeah yeah i was gonna yeah. say i feel like i've seen pictures of you in columbia and i think like oh i haven't you... been to columbia oh, no. okay yeah, yeah yeah i saw pictures of you on some trip and you're wearing like a hat and i was like wherever else it is because i've barely left the country i'm like I thought she was in South America. It gets cold down there. And I'm like so confused. I'm like, I've, I'm like, what state are you in? Yeah. Two years ago, we went to Spain and Portugal and it was cold up there. there yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so fun. I'm very excited about that. And of course the podcast and all the other things we get to work on. Um, I'm but, also just excited for tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. We're going to go hit a secret show. Yeah. So that'll be good. Um, where can people find you or Venmo you? Yeah, you can find me and Venmo me all over the internet. It's destinylalane.com or at destinylalane on all of the things, including Venmo. <laughs> She's super easy to find. It's the name of the episode. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much for watching this Detox with Allison. Uh, please like, subscribe, follow, rate, review, all the things. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>